riding shotgun with me now here on the Drive Time Podcast, previewing the wide receivers for Dolphins Training Camp 2020 is wide receiver Jakeem Grant. Jakeem, good to see you again, man. Man, nice seeing you too, man. I appreciate you for having me. Feels like we just did this, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we are previewing the receivers here on training camp and having number 19 himself. He's in the air. He's on the ground. He is housing punts and kicks and Jakeem Grant. And Jakeem, staying healthy, staying active. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing good, man. I'm just continuing to grind in, uh, enjoy, enjoying uh, family time and, you know, playing a lot of Call of Duty. Definitely. Uh, but most of all, uh, spending most of my time grinding. Plus, we'll hear from Jakeem Grant and preview the entire room. All of that and more on this Thursday, July the 30th edition of the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. And we reported earlier this week the addition of three players to the reserve slash COVID-19 list. And that has been a source of daily news around the league so far as training camps kicked off this week. As we see some players added throughout the other 31 franchises to that list as well. Well, today, the first player in the NFL came off that list and he is a Miami Dolphin. Benito Jones, the UDFA from Ole Miss, he rejoins the defensive line, and so does another addition by way of the waiver wire. We added Javaris Davis, a very impressive athlete, to the defensive backfield on Monday, and on Wednesday, another great athlete on defense, courtesy of the 300-plus pound defensive tackle in Ray Smith. Smith played his college ball at Boston College, Brian Flores' alma mater. He played in 40 games, made 138 tackles, and he signed as an undrafted free agent with the Lions after going undrafted in 2019. Most recently, he was with the 49ers, but was recently waived and now is added by the Miami Dolphins. Smith had a super impressive pro day after his 2018 college season and before that 2019 draft, measuring in the elite category on several areas of the relative athletic scorecard again produced by Kent Platt of relativeathleticscorecard.com. Kent collects a cumulative score based upon the measurement and workout metrics both from the combine and pro day numbers alike. He utilizes elite, average, and poor classifications for each prospect, then averages the metrics into one collective score. And Smith's total score out of 10 was 9.67, and you might recall for comparison's sake, the Dolphins cornerback Byron Jones, who broke the broad jump record, the world record for the broad jump at his combine, he scored a perfect 10 with his crazy workout back before he was drafted his rookie year, and so Ray Smith, a 9.67 out of 10, Smith did that by clocking a sub-5 40 time at 4.93 and so just recall this score does take into account the comparison of the position so a 493 40 yard dash for a defensive tackle obviously is going to be more impressive than a 493 would be for a receiver or a defensive back and so forth and so on a very impressive number for a 302 pound defensive tackle his 20 yard split was nearly a perfect 10 he ran it in 2.76 seconds showing that explosive metric and his 10 yard split was not far behind a score of 9.54 out of 10 with an actual time of 1.68 seconds. Again, getting out of the blocks, getting out of the gate, showing explosiveness off the line. And again, another metric that measures explosiveness, both the jumping metrics, the vertical and the broad. He jumped 35 inches vertically and 9 feet 11 inches on the broad jump, 
Those scored out at 9.81 and 9.9 respectively out of the 10 total score. His shuttle time was 4.49 seconds and a three cone time of 7.28 seconds. Each of those scored in the green elite category. He also scored elite in the speed category, explosion category, as well as the agility category. You can find that tweet on my timeline at Wingfield NFL. I retweeted Kent Platt, who is at MathBomb on Twitter. So Ray Smith is in, Benito Jones is back, and the Dolphins did make one more roster move on Wednesday with the release of cornerback Ryan Lewis. He was waived on Wednesday afternoon. And that's it for Dolphins news. Let's go ahead and talk about the Dolphins wide receiver room in accordance with the article up on MiamiDolphins.com. We have done the receivers, the tight ends, and the quarterbacks. And today we're talking about those receivers. And we start with Unk himself, Devontae Parker. And he spoke last offseason after getting the new contract after his rookie contract had expired about how he wanted to change his legacy and the perception of him in Miami with the new contract he took. And boy, did he take an emphatic first step in doing just that this past season in 2019. Heading into the season, Parker talked a lot about his nutritional habits and workout habits and getting himself prepared for that 2019 season. And I thought it showed up in training camp from the start as he just looked slimmer. He looked sleeker. He was making big plays all over the football field and really showing out on the practice field in last year's training camp. And that, of course, would translate into the regular season. He has five accrued seasons, all of them here in Miami, as he enters year number six, wears jersey number 11 from Louisville. He's 27 years old on opening day, so entering that real prime age of a player's career. And 2019, again, was the coming out party for Devontae Parker. I've been breaking down his tape a lot this summer because I think it's fascinating to watch him really make plays down the football field, high pointing those contested catches and picking up chunks of yardage with a really high yards per reception rate. And of course, finding the end zone with regularity. He earned that four-year contract extension prior to the conclusion of the season and his career year saw the former first round pick finish fifth in the NFL in receiving yards with 1,202 yards. He tied for eighth in yards per reception and he tied for fourth in touchdowns with nine scores on the season. He was unguardable at various points throughout the season, particularly in a victory against eventual NFC East champion Philadelphia. He caught seven passes in that game for 159 yards and two scores and really just put on a highlight reel show the entire day going up and taking footballs off the helmets of defensive backs and really just making plays for Ryan Fitzpatrick, his quarterback. That was a lot of fun to watch and it sparked a very, very strong December for Devontae Parker as he came on like gangbusters both before and after the contract extension had been agreed upon. And those 60 minutes of unstoppable play really showed Parker at his best, the way he can kind of lean in to the defensive back and really shield the defensive back with that big frame and the leaping ability. And he does so well to extend his arms. And I heard this comment on the Move the Sticks podcast, how you can tell about a receiver's trust that he has in himself and his own hands when they run dig routes, which are just deep square ends. You push upfield, you break inside. And the way a receiver can catch the football and stride without having to kind of gather himself, and you see that from Parker and the real trust in his hands and his ability to make plays, you also see it on the deep shots down the field because he kind of throws his body into the defensive back and does so well to make that defensive back pretty much have to go through his body, which, of course, is pass interference if he wants to make a play on the football 
football, and that has just generated big play after big play, both last year and throughout his career. You go back to the season opener this year in Baltimore, he had a big play just like that. Go back to the 2015 season, again against Baltimore at home, a touchdown play on a play very similar to that, where he elevates over the goal line and high points the football and brings it down. Did the same thing in a 2016 game against Cleveland as well. So he's been a known commodity that way. And this year he was just at his best in that department. And I think also in his route running and really every element of his game, he created separation from some of the game's best this year, producing some eye-popping production against a pair of all-pro cornerbacks in division rival Buffalo and New England. In the last two games against Buffalo and New England, the latter matches of those two series, he combined for 272 yards on 15 catches in those two games. And his consistent playmaking really earned the trust of first-year Dolphins quarterback last season, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who had this to say after that Week 17 win in New England. For us and for me as a quarterback, I'm always going to rely on my playmakers, and Devontae's been that guy all year long. There were a couple that maybe I didn't get in there, make the throw, or Stephon Gilmore did a good job with, but I wasn't going to shy away from a matchup, not because I don't respect the other guy, but because I have that much confidence in our guy. Devontae really stepped up big today in that win. And up next on our list here, going in order of jersey number, number 15, Albert Wilson, who has six accrued seasons in the NFL. He's entering his third in Miami. He is a Georgia State product. He will be 28 years old on opening day. He's a Port State Port St. Lucie native, and when he's been healthy here in Miami, he's been uber productive. The guy has tree trunks for legs. He is just thickly built, has a 4-4-3-40 time on his resume going back to his pro day in college, and that combination of factors makes him one of the game's most difficult tackles once he has the football in his hands. We certainly saw that in the 2018 game against the Chicago Bears where he basically took the Dolphins offense down the field a couple of times for big scores in that fourth quarter. And through seven games in that season, he led all qualifying receivers in pro football focuses yards per route run metric, broken tackles, and yards after initial contact. In fact, you go back to the game against the Lions when he was injured, he and Golden Tate were kind of the golden standards, pardon the pun, for running with the football after the catch. And they were going back and forth in that game, taking the lead from one another. And Wilson wound up having the most after that game, even though he exited the game with an injury. But after averaging 3.9 targets per game through the first 13 games last season, more recently, Wilson caught 17 of 23 targets over the final three games and picked up 197 yards, really showing some of that similar explosiveness that we saw back in 2018. And as far as his usage goes, last year, 332 of Wilson's 439 offensive snaps came inside as a slot receiver. He averaged five and a half yards per route run from the slot in 2018, and last year caught 72.9% of his targets playing inside, being a playmaker at that slot position. But that's not all he is. He's a jack of all trades. He lined up in the backfield on 28 occasions during his two-year tenure with Miami. He served as a wildcat trigger man. He took the football as the jet sweep motion man, and that goes towards receiving statistic, but he also 
basically has to carry the ball like a running back on those plays. Go back to the 2018 touchdown, the high five play with Jakeem Grant. That basically is a running play, but he scored on that passing play on the little pop pass. He takes handoffs from the shotgun as a ball carrier. And over those two years, he has 13 carries and 61 yards with the Dolphins. And like Parker, Wilson really earned the admiration of his quarterback last season through his will, attitude, and work ethic. Fitzpatrick had this to say, Wilson's attitude is unbelievable. I don't know that I've played with many guys that, I mean, he truly is happy when someone else makes a play. He really is. He's had to deal with a lot of adversity and things out of his control in terms of some of the injuries and whatever else. He's worked really hard and is coming on as of late at the end of the season. Really the run after the catch ability and all of that. He's really shown that in the last few games. Up next on our wide receiver room preview is Gary Jennings. He has one season in the NFL. This is his second with the Dolphins. He wears number 16 out of West Virginia, going to be 23 years old on opening day. And he really tore up the Big 12 in 2018, scored 13 touchdowns in his final college season, was drafted last year by the Seahawks in the fourth round, but was released midseason. The Dolphins picked him up off waivers, but he caught a bad break in that first game with the Dolphins. He was injured on the Jakeem Grant 102 yard kickoff return for a touchdown against the Buffalo Bills. So he only played nine snaps in all of 2019 and just one of those snaps on offense. So coming into year two, not a lot of on-field experience, but his postseason work, the year of his draft year, the senior bowl and the combine that year where he ran a 4.42 40-yard dash really helped elevate his draft stock there coming out of West Virginia. NFL.com's Lance Zerline, their draft expert, had glowing praise for Jennings in his pre-draft report saying a possession receiver with impressive combination of size, speed, and contested catch toughness. Jennings was one of the fastest players at the Senior Bowl, according to Zebra Technology Tracking, and his 4-4-2 combine time and huge numbers and explosive testing are sure to push him up draft boards, end quote there. And of course, that pushed him up into the fourth round that year in the draft. Up next on our list is the uber-reliable Alan Hearns. He has six accrued seasons in the NFL. This is his second in Miami, Where's number 17. He went to Miami and the U. He's 28 years old on opening day, and he signed with the Dolphins last year on the first day of training camp and just developed from there into one of Ryan Fitzpatrick's most trusted targets. That reliability went up the chain to the Dolphins' brass as Hearns was rewarded with a two-year contract extension back in November. Hearns caught 68.1% of his passes, For 13 yards per catch, he posted the second highest yards per target mark of his career last year at 8.9. Only Devontae Parker played more snaps at wide receiver for the Dolphins last season than Alan Hearns, and Hearns' versatility is perhaps his greatest asset. His workload was split almost evenly among slot and perimeter receiver. He played 254 snaps inside and 259 snaps rather outside. 23 of his 32 catches occurred between the numbers, an inside guy, toughness over the middle, and 259 of those 416 receiving yards came from the slot, including both of his touchdown catches. You might recall that impressive touchdown run he had against the Steelers, breaking tackles going into the end zone on Monday night. And Brian Flores really praised Hearns for his toughness, one of the coach's key pillars of the program as we know he wants to build here in Miami. 
as he had this to say about Hearns after a December game against the Jets. Quote, he's dinged up. He played through some injuries last week. I thought he toughed through it and was an impressive performance by him. This is a tough kid. He wants to play. If he can be out there, he'll be out there, end quote. So some nice words there from Brian Flores. And speaking of nice words, we have some nice words about our next player on this list from both his teammates and coaches alike. Preston Williams, a rookie season last year, entering his second with the Miami Dolphins. Number 18 out of Colorado State, going to be 23 years old on opening day. And undrafted rookies always face the greatest odds to make the roster out of training camp. It's even more difficult to make a significant impact in year one for a player that was passed over through seven rounds of the draft. But early on for Preston Williams, it was clear the Dolphins found a gem of the 2019 UDFA market. He made play after play in training camp. You'll recall the tweets, all the media people saying how good he was playing in training camp last year. He carried that over into the exhibition season and into the 2019 season, scoring the first touchdown of the year for the Dolphins in that Baltimore game last year. He was lost for the year with an injury in week nine in that win over the Jets. And at the time of his exit, he led the Dolphins in both receptions and receiving yards. But before he was making plays on Sunday, teammate Xavier Howard shared with media what it was like to go up against Williams in practice saying, quote, that guy can be special. He's still learning. He's just a rookie. There is so much room for improvement with him, but he's going to be a number one receiver one day, end quote. And he expanded on that comment, mentioning his experience facing the league's best receivers, giving Howard an understanding of what it takes to be a number one receiver as a variety of traits help contribute to Williams' ability to create separation and make plays down the football field. He's six foot five, but he really has a good ability to both get vertical and sink his hips and come off the stem of the route and get in and out of breaks. And that work throughout last offseason earned the praise of some Dolphins coaches, including Last year's receivers coach, who of course earned a head coaching job in the college ranks in Carl Durrell, he said this about Williams, quote, we were fortunate that after the draft and he wasn't picked and we said, wow, here's a great opportunity to work with a kid that has tremendous potential. Well, he lived up to that. He's a fun kid to coach, a very bubbly personality, a very confident kid, end quote. And Williams played almost exclusively on the outside in his rookie season. 386 of his 404 offensive snaps came in the wide alignment. And he also served as the team's primary punt returner for four games, averaging 11.5 yards per return on the season. Up next, Jakeem Grant has four accrued seasons, all of them in Miami, entering year number five, the sixth-round draft pick in 2016. He wears number 19 out of Texas Tech. He'll be 27 on opening day as well. And once a player breaks that proverbial tape, so to speak, on their 40-yard dash at the scouting combine, he's never going to run that drill again. And in the 2016 run-up to the draft, Grant reportedly clocked a 4.1 time as taken on a handheld timer at his Texas Tech Pro Day. That would have been the fastest time in the history of the NFL had it been clocked at the scouting combine. Either way, Jakeem Grant can flat out scoot. The receiver who moonlights as a return man is more than just a straight line burner. He's appointment viewing in Dolphins one-on-one drills at practice with plenty of shake. Few players can create immediate separation off the line like Grant. He brings all the oohs and ahs out of the fans at training camp at practice. During his four-year career, Grant has scored eight touchdowns, and those house calls, they usually come from long distance. He has touchdowns of 102, 101, 74, 71, 65, 
252 yards in his career. He can provide that instant spark to the Dolphins both on offense and on special teams. And the team showed its belief in Grant last summer with a contract extension. Flores spoke to the reasons that he felt it was important to get that media or to get that deal done, rather, saying, quote, you know I'm a big proponent of the kicking game. So his value as a kick returner, punt returner, and his ability to make big plays in those areas, I think it's very important. As a receiver, there's obviously a dynamic player here. This guy's fast. This guy's elusive. He's strong for a little guy and he works hard. Football is very important to him and being part of this team is very important to him. So congratulations to him on that contract. I think it was well-deserved and we're happy to have him, end quote. Up next on our list, we jump into the 80s jersey numbers and undrafted rookie Matt Cole out of McKendry. He wears number 82. He'll be 23 years old on opening day. And every year, a really cool story here. Sports Illustrated's Kalen Collar chooses a draft-eligible sleeper for his Prospect X, a deep sleeper, a feature he writes for the magazine for the website. And that distinction went to McKendry University's Matt Cole in 2020. Cole caught 43 passes for 939 yards and 12 touchdowns last year. He also averaged 27.2 yards on kick returns and 26 yards on punt returns and scored from 100 on kickoff and 74 from a punt on special teams. Again, go back to Flores' mention of how important it is to be successful in the kicking game. Cole is listed at 5'10", 197 pounds. He participated in Northwestern's Pro Day in March where he clocked a 4.48 in the 40-yard dash and 37 and a half inches on the vertical. Up next, number 83, another of the two Dolphins UDFAs added this offseason. Kirk Merritt out of Arkansas State. He's 23 years old as well on opening day. The second of the two UDFA signings, hoping to make the roster here for the Miami Dolphins. And his college career began at Oregon and concluded in the Sun Belt at Arkansas State, but also had a stop midway through at East Mississippi Community College, that of of course, the school featured on Netflix's Last Chance U. He scored 19 touchdowns in his two years with the Red Wolves at Arkansas State and eclipsed the 1,000-yard mark in 2018 with 1,005 receiving yards. And Nike hosts an annual football camp, the opening for the best high school football players in the country. Back in 2014, Merritt captured the Spark National title as the camp's best overall athlete. The events calculated in Spark score include a 40-yard dash, a shuttle run, a powerball toss, which is basically a medicine ball throw, and a vertical leap. So at six feet tall, 208 pounds, he is athletic, and he recorded 153 catches, catches, 1,811 receiving yards at Arkansas State. Up next, incumbent receiver Dolphins Isaiah Ford. He has three accrued seasons with the Dolphins, entering his fourth in Miami. He wears number 84 out of Virginia Tech, going to be 24 years old on opening day. And the Dolphins receiver room is just chock full of players that have battled adversity and overcome it in their careers, and perhaps none more than Isaiah Ford. He was a seventh-round draft pick in 2017. Ford's rookie season ended before it started with that injury in the preseason. He played sparingly in 2018 and just three-fourths of the way through 2019 before seizing an opportunity down the stretch last year. Over those final four games, Ford caught 21 of 29 pass targets. That's good for a 72% completion rate for 234 yards. That's good for 8.1 yards per target and 15 first downs on those 21 catches. 
Four of those chain-moving plays came on the critical third down. He's a grinder, a player who embodies the principles Coach Flores preaches. At the conclusion of 2019's training camp practices, Ford could be found getting extra work every single day after practice with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He had this to say, the quarterback did, about Isaiah Ford. I said this the last few weeks about Ford, but he's a special guy, a guy that you can just rely on in any situation. And Ford earned an opportunity to showcase that hard work when Miami lost a pair of their starting receivers in a Week 14 game against the Jets, Parker and Wilson in that game, and his knowledge of the Dolphins' offense proved valuable for his ability to communicate to his teammates both alignment and assignment. This from Coach Flores. I thought Isaiah stepped in, played every position from a receiver standpoint, got some guys lined up, made some big catches, and made a nice run after the catch there in the third quarter, end quote. And we conclude the receiver room here with Dolphins receiver Matt Collins, who has three accrued seasons in the NFL, entering number two with the Miami Dolphins. He wears number 86 out of North Carolina. He'll be 26 on opening day. And Flores makes no secret about the fact that he keeps a close eye on the transaction wire and scouting players around the league. So when Mac Hollins became available on waivers midseason last year, the Dolphins pounced on him. Flores said this, quote, I watch everybody, the guys we brought in. I watch them all and we feel good about them. Mac Hollins, for instance, he's a tough Physical wide receiver plays in the kicking game. He's had some production offensively and in the kicking game. We like him, end quote. And Hollins played a lot in both phases, both offense and special teams last season, both with Philadelphia and Miami. He totaled 534 snaps with more than 20 reps on both coverage and return units on both punt and kickoff. So over 100 snaps there on special teams. He even logged a snap on defense to help thwart that final play in New England, the lateral play in that win up in New England. Hollins has 26 catches for 351 yards and one touchdown over his three-year NFL career. All of that production coming with the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, let's go ahead and get now to my interview with Dolphins receiver Jakeem Grant. We recorded this interview a while back here on the Drive Time Podcast. Let's go ahead and hear from Dolphins receiver Jakeem Grant. And riding shotgun with me now here on the Drive Time Podcast, previewing the wide receivers for Dolphins Training Camp 2020 is wide receiver Jakeem Grant. Jakeem, good to see you again, man. Man, nice seeing you too, man. I appreciate you for having me. Feels like we just did this, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we are previewing the receivers here on training camp and having number 19 himself. He's in the air. He's on the ground. He is housing punts and kicks and Jakeem Grant. And Jakeem, staying healthy, staying active. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing good, man. I'm just continuing to grind in, uh, enjoy, enjoying uh, family time and, you know, playing a lot of college duty. Definitely. Uh, but most of all, uh, spending most of my time grinding, you know, in, in the family time. And TV shows, man. Can't get enough of TV shows. What I just TV finished shows? Ozark. Ozark, okay. And so now I'm, I'm, I'm open to watching some more TV shows. Well, have you seen Breaking Bad? No, I haven't. Oh, man. If you're an Ozark fan, that's, that's where you go next. Okay. And then, you, and then you got Better Call Saul. It's a spinoff series. So you got like 11 seasons worth of like really good TV right there. That you can, I mean, there's there's your free time for the next several months right there, man. I'm, Tell, I'm tuned in. I'm telling I'm you. I'm tuned yeah, in. You're, you're gonna, if you like Ozark, you're going to love that. It's good stuff. But I'm, I'm curious to get your take here because we've, we've seen the workout videos. We've seen you putting in the work every single day. You mentioned two a days on an earlier podcast. I'm curious to know like, because I'm always fascinated by football players and and the finely tuned machines. Talking to a guy who's got a Mustang behind him here in your, uh, your yep. Zoom photo, 
uh, or your Zoom background, I'm always curious to know like what the what the regimen's like as far as workout and nutrition and the things you put in your body, how you get ready. Like what what's a what's a daily meal plan like? What's the workout schedule like for you right now? Um, I'm typically not. Uh, I would start off with my meals. Uh, I'm typically not a breakfast guy. I, I'd probably grab a bar, some water, and stuff like that because I'm not a breakfast guy. I don't like to eat before morning workouts and stuff like that because no matter what, it always makes me nausea whenever I work. I'm working out hard whenever I eat like a big meal. So, um, but after that, you know, um, I always get. I have meal preps. Um, so I always have my meals like basically sought out for me and I eat those like I probably like eat like my breakfast meal and a lunch meal for lunch, like right after I finish working out because uh, I know I lost a lot of calories and I have to put that stuff back in. And so um, basically, man, like me, I'm, I don't have a I'm good at my weight. I can continue. I can eat as much as I want. Um, I do eat healthy. And I eat as much as I want and probably like I, I have I've been blessed to where I don't have, I don't gain a lot of weight, you know, so I can continue to do that. And a lot of people get jealous, be like, you can't, how can you just sit there and eat so much food and <laughs> and and not gain any weight? And I was like, man, I don't know. I've been blessed with a fast metabolism. So it just goes away, man. And so but workouts, when it comes to workouts, you know, I wake up, uh, work up early in the morning um get worked on get my body worked on before i always get stretched uh deep tissue um make sure they get all the knots out and stuff before i get ready to uh work out and yeah i do my i always do my lifting first and then next thing um working on you know conditioning and then after that i'm doing you know footwork stuff making sure everything is on point making sure i'm coming in and out of my breaks um well there's no extra steps um, also working on hand-eye coordination and just continue to just uh, repeat the cycle the next day. Like I'm always doing that because, you know, you just got to continue to get in that routine of doing the same thing over and over again. So that way, whenever you get out on the field, it just becomes second nature. Yeah, stacking up those bricks, right? Putting down a foundation every single day. That's part of Brian Flores' message. And it's it's fun to watch you guys evolve and, and, and put that foundation together. And one of the players that really took advantage of that message last year was Devontae Parker. And I want to ask you, you and Devontae are, are good buddies. And I swear you guys got to get something together like the Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito is at the, the yep. tw- Twins movie. Like you guys got to do a remake of that of some sort because it's just too perfect since you're such good buddies. But back to the football field. What 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 did you see in Devontae last year that was so different for him to come out and have that major twelve hundred yard nine touchdown season? And what can you take away from his breakout year? Um, I would just say that uh, for one, him being healthy and staying on top of it and maintaining his body, like and just staying on top of it. I, I remember seeing him getting worked on before practice, um, early in the morning before even before meetings and after practice after he get out of the cold tub and how to. You know, he's always getting his body worked on. And I would just say, man, his personality, like his personality just totally changed. Like once that once Devontae got, a, I would say, like a shark, once the sharks smell blood in the water, it just he went into attack mode. And I, and I always told Devontae, I'm like, man, you're a dog, man. I know that you're a dog. Like go out there and take it. Go out there and show him. And as soon as he got that little taste of, you know, run this route, get out of the route, guys can't stop me, I'm too big, I'm too fast, I'm too strong. And once he knew that, I think his his mentality was just a kill. 
inside and out. And so I, I loved it. I told him I was at every game, even like whenever I was, you know, before I even got hurt, you know, I was just I was I was admiring that I was just like, man, it's, it was about time. It was about time that he came out and showed people and he could he could do it back to back every every year. All he got to do is continue to put up that that same effort, take care of his body, um, continue to train like he's training and go out there and have that same mentality like he can't be stopped. And I think that he did. He he basically he shot the world. He made people uh, respect Devontae Parker. Like he showed a lot of guys that he's here to stay and he's not going nowhere and he's a force to be reckoned with. He had one of my favorite quotes. It came from Joe Shad last year from the Palm Beach Post, who said that when he signed that new contract with the Dolphins, that he wanted to change his legacy in Miami. And I, I, I just found that so respectful for a guy to to really to, to take it upon himself to make that change and to get himself into a new light as far as the way fans perceive him. And I think that definitely happened. You look around Twitter or social media, Dolphins fans, everyone loves Devontae Parker, and he's it's rightfully so. He's a nice guy, good guy, and he went out there and just kicked ass last year. And I can't imagine what kind of confidence that gives a quarterback when he can go up there and just pluck the ball away on those 50-50 balls, which really are, you know, 90-10 balls at this point with him. But I do want to yep. stay on theme here and, and, and go back to another one of your teammates because for my money, Jakeem, we are good at receiver. Like, we've got playmakers all over the damn place. And one of those guys is second-year pro Preston Williams. What do you like about Preston's game? Uh, Preston, man, uh, definitely interesting – Interesting. Uh, basically, personality is through the roof, man. I love Preston, man. He, he's a, he's a young he's the young buck. I always keep us laughing. Probably the joker, the jokester in our room. Um, man, uh, man, he, big guy, bigger, taller than Levante. Um, but man, he he has great hands. Go up there, a phenomenal uh, route running. I, I don't think you can. If you those 50-50 balls, I'll say those those are 90, 90% balls for him too as well. Like Duke can go up there and grab it, he can jump, he can, he can do everything. And so I think him and Devontae are, are definitely similar. Um uh he would have had a, he he was having an extraordinary season before he got hurt. Um he also does uh punt return as well. And so I, I think there's no limitations on what he can do. He's a He's a, he's definitely a, a you've never seen a probably what six six uh, punt returner back there you know returning punt so man I'm telling you Preston has it all in the bag he, he just um, he's young and he's going to continue to you know I think he's going to continue continue to grow and he's going to be phenomenal in this league. Yeah, I think the quarterback's biggest problem this year is going to be feeding all those mouths because you got so many playmakers on that offense. And one of my favorite podcasts, Move the Sticks, they always talk about how you want a basketball lineup in your receiving core. And I, I just can't think of a more well-rounded group than this one. We've got, you mentioned the two trees in Devontae and Preston, you and Burt with the speed and the explosion, the vertical and horizontal ability. Hearns and Ford kind of can do it all as well. we got the young guys rounding out the group. So does this all make you, are you the point guard? Are you the two guard? Like, where do you factor into the basketball lineup there oh i definitely say that i'm the uh point guard um because um i'm i'm more of the outspoken one and the point guard you also got to think about as is the leader of the the group um and so i'm i'm the one that's outspoken you know telling people or telling like like i said i told uh telling Devontae like you're a dog you can do this can not nobody stop you this and that and I'm I'm the guy that like you know get everybody up and just tell everybody let's go man like today 
we 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 killing the defense. We kick, we winning every one on one, making them look bad out there. Let let's do it. And so, um, that's me. I, I feel like I'm the point guard because uh, I can I I can do it all. Um, no matter what, I can play outside, inside. Um, I have to be able to like being being able to do that. You have to know every single role. And as as y'all know, I played outside and I played I, I played inside some, and so that's why I I would label myself as the point guard, and you know and so. But with that being said, you know it's it it, it takes all all effort all all of us, you know, because it's some days where I don't feel like being the point guard, you know, I don't feel like you know being talkative, I don't feel like being a leader, and so so somebody else has to be the point guard uh, that day, and and I feel like Albert comes in and fits right in and tell us like, Hey man, fellas, we got to go. Let's go. Cause it's always going to be that time where you, you don't, that day is like, ah, man, I don't feel like talking today. Like this is not today. And so that's, that's the thing about our group. Like we truly care about each other. We hang out with each other outside of the facility, you know? And so um, we all want to see each other succeed. And it's a lot of, it's a, of course, all of us want the ball. No, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, good luck putting a single, you know, single coverage on you to the boundary there with a with you know a oh, quarter yeah. that runs a four or five or something like that. So oh yeah, nah, that's yeah, that's good that's, luck defenses. That's, that's, that's all we gotta say about that. And oh, uh, yeah. you know, I appreciate you talking about the support system, uh, Jakeem. It's really cool that you guys have that with each other. It's I was a baseball player growing up, and it was always about pick up the guy. You know, if someone strikes out, pick him up, go out there and help him out, be make the play for him, mm-hmm. and and don't make him the one that ruined the game for the team. So it's it's cool to hear that. And uh, I also appreciate you talking about your teammates so much. But I do want to get back to your game, and I talked to you. A little bit about this off air, how I kind of fancy myself something of an amateur scout. And I want to give you my book on you, Jakeem, if you don't mind real quick, my scouting report on you is that your low center of gravity paired with the Uber suddenness at the line and the, on the release makes you damn near impossible to jam. And then when you pair that with the vertical speed, just forget about it. That's, that's my really quick uh, snapshot of your scouting report. And I want to know some inside baseball here on you first. Do you agree with that scouting report? I definitely, I, I definitely agree. Okay, perfect. Good. On the right track. And then my question for you is when you get to the line of scrimmage and you have that release, because we talk about how tough it is to jam you, do you develop a different plan for your release every snap? And like, how is it done? Is it based on like leverage that they show you on the pre-snap look? Is it based on the coverage or the play on offense? Like, how do you vary your releases at the line of scrimmage? Um, uh, off of pre-snap, off of pre-snap, I can tell if he's going to press bell or he's going to try to jam me or he's going to, or if they're playing cover two, um, usually I, I always tell by the pre-snap because you're going to play cover two, the corner playing cover two, he's going to play at least, uh, um, he, he would probably play head up on you, um, play slightly outside of you and, um, also, or he'll play like two or three yards off of you. Uh, he's trying to get hands on you because he know he has the flats, things of that nature. Um, but I definitely like, like love when they, when they try to press me, I'm, I'm short. So there's no way they can put their hands on my chest or anything like that. So if they jam me, they're going to hit me in my helmet, which is hit me in my face, which is a penalty. So you can't do that because we're right by the ref. And so that's, that's, that's the advantage that I have as being a shorter receiver. And I'm playing outside is that you can't jam me. Because if you jam me, you'll hit me in my you'll hit me in my my face, and which is a penalty. So I'm also like when whenever I get in my release, I'm also I'm I'm actually getting shorter than what I usually or than I am. So um, I'm making it hard for him. And man, I, I and I love it. And I always tell them like 
I always love when a guy press me because it's like, if you're gonna press, if you're gonna press me, then you're saying that you can run with me, yeah. and that's not what you really want to do. And so I always base everything I run off the vertical, off a go route, and and that's it, man. That that terrifies that terrifies DBs. And uh, all year last year, all I kept getting was press bell, press bell, press bell. They're, they'll show that they're going to press, and they'll bail before the snap even comes. So. Um, Man, I'm telling you, like, it's it is very it, it is hard for them to press me. Some guys that get up there and like, now I'm gonna press them and I'm gonna press them. I'm like, that's what I love. I love when people are feel like they they have the ability to press me that way. Now now balls and now ball is in my court, and now we're in a dance. We're in a dance. We're in a dance uh battle. We we're we're in the dance battle. So I always tell I always tell people I was like, if you're gonna press me. Get ready to dance. <laughs> I think that th- that makes a lot of sense watching the workout videos because I see you working on a lot of little uh, like curls and sticks and, and stuff where you come back to the football and kind of press them upfield and then bring it right back. I mean, you can put that in your game too. It's, it's going to be really tough to defend you, Jakeem. And you, you mentioned earlier that you play a lot more outside, a little bit in slot. And I think that's kind of one of the misnomers about your game because maybe you're not as tall as some of the other receivers on the outside, but people tend to think you're more of a slot guy. But I watch you, like you mentioned, on the outside, and that's, I think, maybe where you're the most dangerous. We know you can play X, Z, slot, backfield. It doesn't really matter. Where do you think you're most dangerous from? Um, Anywhere on the field. Anywhere on the field, honestly. Um, I, I played slot my whole life. Um. Slot is probably, I would say, the, probably the easiest for me. But I, I love a challenge, which is outside, because outside is the most covered guys, and and it limits the field field space that you have. You don't have as much as a range as you have inside. I know inside, like without a doubt, uh, I would light it up because if you have a safety come down to guard me, which are normally aren't cover guys, they're guys that have come downfield and make a tackle and this and that, or they break in like the third or fourth corner to come in and play play that nickel position and 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 that's what I did all all day in college and it was it was it was it was fun the way you can create separation such a short area of space off a line it's it's really impressive and fun to watch and I'm curious to get your take here because you talk about the opportunity last year with uh, coach Carl Durrell in the receivers room he's now got a head coaching job and great for him to hear I'm curious to get your take on new receivers coach Josh Grizzard how's that adjustment going from coach Durrell to coach Grizzard uh good uh Grizz has been there since I was a rookie uh been good with Grizz also helped me out helped me learn the playbook Inside and out, where where when I I struggled at my my rookie year and learning the playbook, just didn't couldn't get it all together. I always and I always knew one position, and in the NFL you have to know every position. And so he helped me, you know, inside and out, day and day 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 and night, just helping me. And I used to usually call him on the phone like late at night, probably like ten o'clock at night, like Yo Grizz, I'm studying the playbook, man. I just don't understand like on this on this um on this formation, like what is what? And he'll tell me and we'll go through it. And that's what I love about Grizz because he's always by his phone and anything that I need or any questions that I have for him, he will, he will just pick up the phone and like, Hey, Jakeem, this is that. Or he'll draw it out and send it to me and things of that nature. And that's what I love about Grizz. And I mean, he's smart. He knows, he knows defense. He knows everything inside and out. And so um, I think he's, he's definitely going to push this receiver group. Uh, to to a new level. 
that's awesome to hear and definitely can see why he would get that promotion in place of Coach Carl Durrell now at the University of Colorado. One more coach question here for you, Jakeem. We have a new offensive coordinator in Chan Gailey as well. And this is a fan question coming in from Kevin Dern at KevinMD4 on Twitter. He wants to know what are some of the components of Chan Gailey's offense that can help you guys take your game to the next level next year, this year? Um, I would say the, uh, with the flexibility and the routes. Um, Chan Gailey, hit our number one rule in the receiver room from him is to get open. And that's what I love. And with him, with him saying that is, is telling us that we have a little bit of a flexibility in our routes, uh, do what we have to do to get open. And, and that's what I love. And so, and once he told the receivers that we all took that, we was like, Hey, now we can, at a sense, you know, uh, play backyard football. And so, with that, with that, with that going on, we we can be able to, you know, take some of those routes that you know we play, uh, take some of those releases or any of those moves that we play in the backyard with our friends and mimic that onto the field, and and so without wasting so much time. And so, with that being said, man, uh, man, also I know that he loves speed, and so and we're gonna go out there, man. I'm telling you. I just can't wait. I, I I cannot wait. Dolphins fans can't wait. We all want football back. We all want life back to normal. And you guys getting on the practice field will be the first sign of that for me for returning back to normal. See, Jakeem, we appreciate your time, man. Keep showing us those workout videos. Best of luck this year. Stay healthy and get that Mario Kart game tight because I'm coming for you, dude. I'm going to get you with my... <laughs> I, I got Yoshi. I don't mess around on Mario Kart, man. I'm going to get you. Okay, I can't, I can't, now we can't even play because I always use Yoshi. Uh, I figured you I'm did. Sorry, I always use Yoshi. <laughs> He's the speed That's merchant. That's my guy, man. That's my guy. I'll switch I it I always up. use Yoshi. Hey, uh, hey, uh, the uh, the old Don Shula quote, he'll take in his and beat yours and take in yours and beat his. That's that's what we'll do. Yeah, okay. I'm adaptable, baby. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, appreciate you, Keem. I appreciate you, Trevor. And there he goes, Dolphins receiver Jakeem Grant. Always a fun interview, always a fun guy to talk to. That's going to conclude today's edition of the Drive Time Podcast. Go ahead and check out the receiver room preview up on MiamiDolphins.com. And please be sure to subscribe to the Drive Time Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. Go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review the show. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at WingfieldNFL. I'll be bringing you Miami Dolphins updates every day, just as the Miami Dolphins account at Miami Dolphins will as well. we got the Fish Tank and the Audible podcast also on the network. Check those two shows out. And of course, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up.